Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. Welcome to episode 96 of Ride Around the Road. And as we race towards episode 100, we also race towards Christmas. And we're really excited here because we're packing up our caravan and heading off for the summer. So this is the last time you'll hear from us uh, that isn't a recording up until the new year. Uh, that's when we kick into our summer reading series, uh, which is which is coming up after Christmas. We've locked in our special guest for episode 100. Uh, so I'm really, really pleased with that. And our new website is going live as we speak. So in the next few days, people will actually be able to know what we've been doing for the next, last year and what we'll be up to for the next year. Up until now, it was just word of mouth. Um, so hopefully we'll get a little bit more business as we ramp up our business uh, into 2018. Uh, you can download your free copy of the Voices in Your Head writing guidelines at www.writeronthe-road.com. We've got our new course launching in 2018. Uh, I've put that one back to the last week in January just to give us a bit time, bit of time to get home from our holidays and run a little webinar and kick that thing off uh, in the style which it deserves. So end of 2018 is our 90-day course, uh, How to Get Your Novel Written with Me Sitting on Your Shoulder, giving you all kinds of advice. Uh, how could you resist? But a great Chrissy present just the same. Uh, we've got our sponsor, Paul Brody. Uh, he's got lots of advice on how to publish a bestseller using a system that's tried and tested. Uh, so we'll be hearing from Paul in a minute. And then this week's guest is Joe Rosso of We Are The Russos. Now he's a very interesting fellow. He contacted me and I was really excited to have him aboard. He's written a book called Risk and it's one couple's uh, story of quitting the corporate world and hitting the road. Now I'm bringing him on as a sponsor next year as well because we're moving a little bit more into, I guess, adventure land where I'll be tripping around a bit more and I'll be interested to share that journey with some others. So have a listen. Um, if you can leave us an iTunes review, that'd be good. It's something that I haven't been paying much attention to lately. And apparently now you can also leave uh, Facebook reviews on our Facebook page. So we're transferring most of our business from my personal Facebook onto our um, business page, which is interesting. I've had the help of Kate Vanderhoot of Take 10 Social. Uh, she's given us a bit of an audit and helped us on our merry way so that we can actually start looking like we know what we're talking about. Have a great Christmas, everybody. Uh, Sam and I have had a fantastic year. We thank you for your support and we'll see you again bright and shiny in 2018. And welcome to our brand new sponsor. Welcome back, Paul. Hello, how you doing? I'm great, thanks. Now, Paul, today I'd like us to have a little chat about why it matters to be a best-selling author. Well, I think the main thing is becoming a best-selling author. One, you know, I was reading a New York Times article years ago that over 80% of people want to write their own book, but yet the end result is only 2% actually do it. Every single person has a story. They all have a book in them. And the main thing is to get it out of them. But once you get the book out, once you've got it done in Scrivener or in Microsoft Word, how are you going to do it? My, my preference is Word. But the question is, what do you want to get out of this? Well, one, you want to market it correctly. And when you market your book correctly by having a proven system that's going to get your book to bestseller, that is the most critical thing. And becoming a bestseller means that you are number one in one book category. That is what defines as an Amazon bestselling author. And the training that I do, the systems that I implement, 
that can help a lot of people with that because every one of my books has gone to bestseller. Every one of my students, every one of my clients has because it's a proven system. I think that's the biggest thing. You have to follow a proven system that works. If you're just going to go on the fly, if you're just going to freestyle it, it's probably not going to work because you have to have a game plan. And I feel that is one of the most critical things when you have figured out your book. Once you've figured out your direction, the outcome, if you've written it, at that point in the publishing process, you have to have a proven system that works. Thanks, Paul. Everybody, if you haven't got started on that book by now, you've got the whole summer holidays to do it. Uh, where can we find you, Paul? Uh, you can find me at brodyedu.com. And if you actually would like to get the audiobook version of book publishing for authors, my best-selling book, you can go to brodyedu.com forward slash BPFA, which is just short for book publishing for authors. And it's a um, nice audiobook. It's about three hours, 30 minutes. You get to hear me do a lot of talking, but giving you guys a lot of awesome advice to get you set on the author journey. And remember, everybody, it is coming up to Christmas. If you're going to do something and you're going to follow that dream, now's the time to do it. And welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Uh, everybody, this one's going to do me in. I am ready and restless and about to hit the road. And by the end of this podcast, I reckon I'll be in my caravan hooked up and gone. I'd like to welcome today Joe Russo of We Are the Russos. Uh, welcome, Joe. Thank you. Great to be here. And yes, you should, by the time you get done with this podcast, you should definitely get in your caravan and hit the road. Yeah. Now, did you hear that, everybody? I have permission now. Everybody's trying to make me stay in one spot while my daughter's finished school. If my sister's listening, uh, Mary Burns, I am almost ready to go, but I promise I'll stay still for at least till the end of this interview. Okay, what I want to start with, Joe, is you have written this wonderful book called Take Risks, One Couple's Journey to Quit Their Jobs and Hit the Open Road. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the publication of the book. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but finally got it out there. Yeah. Now, what I'll, first thing I want to ask you is why? Why did you quit your corporate job and hit, hit the road with your partner, wife, and dog or dogs in tow? Uh, my wife, Kate. Uh, so she's actually the one who came up with the idea to do this. Uh, it was all both of us were working in corporate jobs and we had the type of jobs where, um, you know, nine to five really didn't mean anything to us. It was we woke up, we would check our email, we would go to work, spend the day at work, come home, continue to check our email all the way up until we were in bed. And there were even times a lot of times where I would get phone calls at three in the morning uh, because something at work was not working and I needed to get up and fix it. So that was really taking a lot out of us. And we were finding ourselves coming home every night and, you know, trying to decompress from the day. So we'd sit in front of the TV, we'd watch some shows, have dinner, and then go back to checking our email and go to going to bed. Uh, and it was turning into this vicious cycle where we were seeing our coworkers more than each other. Our dogs were home alone and we really wanted to spend more time with each other. So one night, Kate was, it was Mother's Day and Kate was uh, getting, you know, all this, all these things coming in from work. And she just said, you know, I've had it. Let's hit the road. Uh, we'll, we'll quit our job, sell everything, buy an RV and go live on the road for a year. And we had never been in an RV before, um, or as you guys call them, caravans. And, you know, we just, we took a leap of faith. 
And that's the reason the title of my book, Take Risks, because when my right before my father passed away, he told me that his last words of wisdom to me were to take risks and have a lot of children. Uh, we haven't had any children yet. We've had two dogs, but I took the whole take risks part of that very much to heart and felt that this was a risk worth taking. Yeah. Now, everybody, there is so much to unpack in that, and we will we will get to it. We will talk about uh, how Kate and Joe make their money from their YouTube channel and their book sales and lots of other things, I believe, Patreon and things like that. But the first thing I want to really focus on is how many people don't make that leap, Joe? Because when I when I was young, which is a couple of years ago now, we bought a yacht and we sailed off. Now, that decision was made very quickly and people used to say to us, oh, we wish we could do what you were doing and we'd look at them because their car was worth more than our yacht. Are you finding that more people are looking at you now and going, oh, I wish we could do what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot more of it was back in the beginning because we would get a lot of people, uh, once we let people at work know what we were doing, that was the number one thing we heard. We wish we could do that, but. And I feel like everyone always has a but. Um, I think the reason for this is there's always something in our lives that is going to hold us or tie us down. And, you know, sometimes that's an elderly parent that you need to be around to take care of. And it makes sense that you can't do that from a thousand miles away. Uh, most people have kids or jobs or they're looking at their income and saying, I can't walk away from that. But aside from a, you know, a very small number of options or things that might be in your life, I feel that most things you can look at and find a way to do it somewhere else. And, you know, I don't think I've told people this before, hitting the road in a motorhome um, or sailing around the world in a yacht is not for everybody. But you know, so then again, so is not being in stuck at a desk in front of a computer all day. And I think it's up to the person to find out what it is they is going to make them happy and fulfill their lives and really look at ways to make that happen and take that risk and get out there and you know, do something to really um, live that life. Yeah. Now, it's really interesting. I'm having a bit of a chuckle as, as you chat there, uh, Joe, and the dog's barking in the background. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, but what interests me about this conversation is that people don't do it out of fear, yet more and more people in my world, in the online business world, in the entrepreneurial world, in the writing world, are not only taking that leap of faith, but they're very, very successful at it. So in one respect, I just assume everybody's doing it, but it's not actually the case, is it? No. And I will say, now that we've been on the road and we make videos about how to make this happen, we've started to see the opposite where, you know, to your point, we're meeting a lot more people who are living this lifestyle. And rather than, you know, we wish we could do this, but they tell us this is how we did it. Um, and it, I found that we've influ been able to influence a lot of people to make that change in their life. Yeah. And more and more people are asking the question about how to make money. Um, on the road and how to, how to I guess, maintain that lifestyle that is not a bag of rice and um, a bucket of water, but to actually be able to enjoy cocktails and sunset drinks and dinners out occasionally as well. It can be done, can't it? Oh, absolutely. 
just looking at our own situation, when we got on the road, we were only planning to do it for a year. So we saved up enough money. We came up with a budget and said, this will get us a year and then also give us some time to get out there and, you know, uh, look for another job. But when it all came, came down to it, once we got on the road, it was my wife, Kate, and I just looked at each other and said, we can't stop doing this. We have to figure out a way to make it work. So that's why we initially started the website. Uh, then we got onto YouTube. We have, as you mentioned earlier, a Patreon account that's more of a newer thing. And now the book. So all of these avenues are what is keeping us afloat and helping us, you know, get the cocktail, the, you know, those sunset cocktails and be able to really enjoy ourselves rather than be on the road and eating rice three times a day. Yeah. Um, no, it's and it's just it's a fabulous way to do it. And I think the other thing that's great is we are now our own bosses. So we're not even though we're probably working now more than we did before, we enjoy it. And it's what we want to do. Yeah, working harder now than you ever worked before. Now, remember, we started this conversation, everybody, with um, checking emails right up until you go to bed and sometimes answering them at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's funny how when you're working for yourself and it's your passion and it's your business that that drives it, it's no longer considered really hard work, is it? No, it isn't. Uh, there are times, I will say, where we get stressed or things just aren't going right. And I think that'll happen with anything, regardless of whether you love it or hate it. And, you know, just looking back, though, it's a change we made in our lives that we are eternally grateful for. And when people ask us if we regret any of the things we've done, our response is always that the only thing we regret is that we didn't do it sooner. Yeah, and that's really common, everybody, when you get out there. But there's another saying, too, that um, used to make me chuckle, and it was, don't tell everybody what we're doing or they'll all want to do it, that we actually need those 90% back there keeping the wheels turning over so we can have fun. Well, my the way we look at it is we want people to be happy. And we've met a lot of people who are happy in their jobs. And I think the 90%, if they want to stay in their jobs, fantastic, but we're here to help the other 10% to kind of, you know, it's like the matrix. You take the red pill or the blue pill, um, you know, and one of those pills is going to awaken you to a whole new world. And I think that's the way, you know, looking at it, that's really the way we like to encourage people to look at the world is you don't have to go into a job every day. Yeah. And everybody, now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. If we haven't convinced you yet that there is an alternative lifestyle out there and here in Queensland, the caravanners pass us every day and they're getting more and more as we head into summer or all, all heading to the beaches. Uh, they are making money. I, I've, I speak to people every day about how they make money out there. One of the great things out here is we have a lot of backpackers and a couple I was speaking to this week, Joe, a couple and ex-corporates, they've come up with a business where the backpackers come to them and these people go out and find work for them and make sure the conditions are, are okay and that they're not being ripped off by, by naughty farmers and all that kind of stuff. There's opportunities, but you don't see them until you're actually out there doing it. Do you find that? Uh, absolutely. I never realised that a company like Amazon will hire seasonal workers in RVs and put them up to come work for the holiday season. Uh, we've met a few people that do this and they have their accommodations paid for, um, plus they're making a fairly good wage at Amazon, enough to keep them going for the year. 
Uh, we have people that are seasonal workers. Many of them will do kind of like, you know, customer service type jobs from home where they will get phone calls, emails, texts, and respond to those from their, wherever they are in the world. Uh, so there is just this huge variety of things you can go out there and do. But again, when we looked at it, we wanted to control our own destiny and not work for anyone else. So that's why we went with more the the website, the YouTube route, and now the book. Yeah. Now, everyone, I've got to tell you that I had a little peek at uh, Joe and Kate's Facebook page, and I came across one of the articles there that said, your YouTube uh, channel now has 50,000 subscribers. Yes, that is correct. We just hit that uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was a big milestone for us and very exciting. Uh, looking back about a year ago, we were at, I think, seven or 8,000. Yeah. Now, we, we did have that little conversation about not everybody wants to go out there and travel and actually get down and dirty because it can get down and dirty, and that's another thing we'll have to unpack. It's not all romance, although a lot of it is. Uh, a lot of people are content just to watch you do it, so hence your popularity on YouTube, I'm guessing. Yeah, we get a lot of people that tell us it's not something they would ever consider doing. Uh, but they watch us because they like to see if it's possible or not. We live in a small van. Um, and whether or not, you know, two people and a dog can really get along in such a small space. So they're interested about that. And we get a lot of people from around the world, uh, Australia particularly, who aren't able, they're older, they're not able to travel and see the world like we can. So they're watching our YouTube channel to see what the U.S. looks like and how it is we travel and all the places we go. Yeah. Now it's interesting, everybody. I put I put the picture of uh, Joe and Kate's van up on my Facebook page. It's like the equivalent of, or the caravanning equivalent of a tiny home, isn't it, Joe? And there's this picture of your dog peeking out from under a cupboard. It. <laughs> This dog is not little, everyone. It's it's a big dog, um, and it's like it's like those um, I guess those uh, whiz bang little camper vans that the backpackers travel in. There isn't a lot of room, uh, but there's this lovely picture of you sitting outside writing. And as we're writers, I'm guessing that that's what we're interested in next. Can you tell us a little bit about the experience of writing a book while you're on the road? Absolutely. The it was funny. Um, you know, I had been trying to start writing a book for a while, and it was one of those things where I could never get past the first page. Um, and, and then I ended up being on our mutual friend Kevin's podcast. And from there, he kind of helped mentor me through it. And being on the road, it's been interesting because I can be I've been writing the book in the middle of Joshua Tree National Park or in the parking lot of a Walmart. Um you know, my, my scenery changes all the time. And as I was telling you earlier, I'm trying to work on an audiobook, but that's not always possible because if I'm in the middle of a busy parking lot, there's no way I can record it. So what I'll do is I'll sit down and start working on the second book. Um, so it's, it's been a challenge, uh, but it's also been motivational because the more places we go and as I write, I think, you know, this book is going to help us continue to live this lifestyle. 
yeah, there's money to be made out there, guys, even if it's $5 at a time. Uh, Joe's referring to Kevin Tumlinson of draft to digital and everyone, if you haven't heard, it's really exciting because um, draft to digital are growing and growing and helping us um, more than you can ever imagine because we can, or through draft to digital we can now access Amazon. We don't have to do that separately. So that only happened, I'm guessing, very, very recently. Uh, Kevin has a book out called The 30-Day Author, which we've talked about many times here on the podcast. If you haven't bought it or had a look at it, I suggest that you do. Uh, it's not easy to write a non-fiction book, is it? Is it, Joe? Um, I actually found it, to me, it was very easy. Oh, cancel uh, that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... I think it depends on the like who you are and what that what that nonfiction subject is. I mean, this was something that I lived and I was able to sit down and write, I would say, 95 percent of the book straight out of my head because it was something that really made an impact on my life. And I one of the great things for me is I, you know, I had no idea how many people would buy the book if anyone would enjoy it. So I sat down and I looked at it as a way to kind of recount everything we went through and, you know, maybe hopefully influence one or two people into looking, re-looking at their lifestyle and seeing if they could make a change. Um, and what has been absolutely awe-inspiring is waking up every morning and seeing new reviews on Amazon and how much people love the book and meeting people in person and having them tell us how this book has impacted their lives and our videos and our website. So, to me, it that's the motivation is when people tell me that it really lights a fire in my belly to write the next book and keep going. So to me, it's very easy. Yeah. And we have the beautiful Jen McLeod here in Australia. She travels around in a fifth wheeler, Joe, um, and she has her book. Book, re- book reviews happening. She has her books on the side of her, on the side of her vehicle. She does library visits. She meets her her readers wherever she goes. Uh, now she's a fiction author. Are you ever? Are you thinking of trying your hand at the romance of fiction? I'm definitely looking at fiction. So I've I've started the first chapter of a fiction book, but I figure that's going to be my passion project. Uh, for now, I'm going to stick with nonfiction, and if I get extra time, I'll go back to the fiction side. Yeah. Now, isn't that interesting, everybody, that we would swap uh, fiction for nonfiction? We are all – well, I'm a fiction writer, and a lot of our listeners are fiction writers, so we see nonfiction as quite exotic. Uh, yet you're saying that that's where the money is, and I guess – Let's talk about how you've tied it all together with the YouTube channel, the website, and the book. You've got enough to keep you going on the road indefinitely now? Um, For the time being. I mean, the thing, one of the big reasons why we looked at doing a book is because with, so some of our two biggest um, income generators are YouTube, or three, I should say, our YouTube website and our Amazon affiliate store. So we get a percentage of anything people buy on Amazon if they go through our store or any of our links. Um, but those three things, for the most part, rely on another company. So YouTube, Amazon, uh, Google's ads, they can change their terms of service at any time they want. And it's happened to us since we've been on the road. Uh, there was a point at which Amazon used to offer a tiered structure for their affiliate sales, and now they offer a flat structure. So we're probably making about 3% less than we used to. Um, recently, YouTube changed their terms of service and took an extra 5% cut from what we were making. Um, so we're reliant on other people there. 
uh, by having the book and really being able to diversify our income streams, it gives us a little bit more um, predictability when it comes to our financial sources and control. So the more we can control, the better. That's an, that's an interesting conversation to start and continue, I think, Joe. Uh, what is your background? Uh, sounds very practical. Uh, yes. So I was in, I was in advertising and product development. So I worked for a big corporation here in the U S and I was in charge of a lot of the product development that was happening within our advertising department. So I had to be, I had to always look five years ahead, be very practical and try to understand what it was I was seeing and how to react to it. Yeah. Isn't it funny, everybody that we look at, and you are very successful in what you're doing, Joe. I mean, I think that's fairly obvious, and I'm not just talking about monetarily, but you're you're living the life that you want to live and the dream that you know a lot a lot of the rest of us want to live. But that none of these things happen by accident. Like you may start, but you're you're very methodical. You've got this planned out, haven't you? Um, to a point, I would say a lot of it we shoot from the hip. Um, you know, my wife, where I'm logical, my wife will be, you know, kind of the opposite and vice versa. So it, we do a good job of balancing each other out. Um, we certainly try to, to plan and anticipate a lot of the things that come in from our income sources. But then again, a lot of it has been happenstance. So we never planned to have a YouTube channel. But there was a, another YouTuber out there who we met him one night. He stuck a camera in our face, said, I'm putting you on my channel, so that means you're going to have to start yours and start putting up videos. And like I said, we never planned to do it, but he kind of lit a fire under our butts, and we got to work, start putting together videos, and that was in December of 2015. And you know, I will say it took us a good eight months probably or more of really working hard to really to see an income coming from that that made it worth our while okay let's unpack that i i am curious tell me how you make money from a youtube channel um so there are a few ways but the biggest one is through advertising um all the ads that people see before a video after a video or within a video be it the video ads or any of the banners below or to the side of the video, uh, we get a 60% cut of that. Um, as I mentioned before, that cut actually used to be 65%. So we've lost a little money there. But the other way is through Amazon affiliate stores. So if you have a product or something that you're reviewing, you like, and you're trying to promote it to other people, you put the link and people use that link to go buy the product and you make a commission off that sale. Uh, but I will say most YouTubers are making money through ads. And the bigger you become, the better your audience is, the better ads you'll see, hence you'll make more money. And I'm sorry, my wife just corrected me. We're getting 55% now through YouTube ads, not 60. Yeah, and things are changing there all the time. It's actually a bit of a nightmare. I actually get more messages from Facebook telling me to to advertise things than I do from people clicking on my site nowadays. That we they're more and more becoming money making machines themselves and taking more and more money off us, aren't they? They are. I'm sorry, my uh, there we go. Sorry, I hit a button and my Pandora started playing. Uh, but yes, it's. Facebook has become a very a pay-to-play platform, 
So there's no money making to be had on Facebook. It's you are spending money or you are paying them to promote your ads, your channel or something of that nature. Yeah. And YouTube will probably go the same or it's starting to go that Um, way already. No, I don't see because the people are putting content up on YouTube in order to make money. It's it's kind of the reverse of Facebook. Yes, you can have ads in that on YouTube, but I don't see that going away. I actually see Facebook trying to adopt the YouTube model at some point. Yeah, and hence hence the Facebook Lives and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yes, but again, that's not really a money making thing for people. It's more of a brand exposure. Um, so I guess the best way to think of the two is Facebook is more to promote your brand and get people talking about it. YouTube is more of a a revenue generator for people like myself and my wife. Um, so we use YouTube to really build the brand and then drive people to YouTube to watch our videos or our website. Yeah. Now this is pretty exciting everybody because every, all the boys at school, they all want to become um, famous YouTubers so we can actually learn how to do it here. It's, it's a genuine way that kids think nowadays of a future profession, which is absolutely amazing because they don't care about reading the classics or, or being good communicators. They just think they can go onto YouTube and make a killing. And there are a lot of people that do just that. I think it's, to me, I always like to be well-rounded. So I want to know how to, I want to be able to read the classics, but also be able to put a video up on YouTube. Yeah. And and look, everybody, it's one that I haven't attempted yet. I've, I tried to put some of our podcasts up there and I'm, I'm going to, going to do better. And that might be for 2018. But Joe, it's really, really interesting because the stuff that you have that I see is Home is where you park it. Uh, Camper Van Life, is that your own brand or is that uh, for someone else? Um, Camper Van Life is our one of the series on our YouTube channel. So the brand is We're the Russos, and that's kind of a, a, you know, a TV series that we have on our channel. Some of the topics that I think would get people very, very interested are Home is where you parked it, uh, your monthly breakdown of what it cost you to live because some, that's something that fascinates everybody, isn't it? When they actually see how not, it's not only possible, um, but it's probable they could do it if they wanted to. Absolutely. Uh, when we started, we used to break down everything down to the penny. Now we just do more of our um, variable expenses every month because we found that fixed expenses for everyone can differ, whether you're paying for your own cell phone plan or you're getting uh, medical through your work or your country. Um, so we we break that down for people. And when they see that, they, it, they really feel like it's possible, um, especially when, you know, they're thinking they might get a Social Security check every month for a couple thousand dollars. And they see that we might spend half of that every month. Um, I think people are, people have this misconception that you have to recreate your life living in a house when you hit the road. And we certainly tried to do that, but we've found ways to minimize our lifestyle to the point where we spend a fraction of what we used to. And our lives are so much more full of things that are going on these days. I think he's got a truck going past everybody. I love it. I did. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> a slice of life, you know, if ever you heard it. Uh, Joe, it is very interesting. I pay $500 a week here where I am at the moment paying rent. And as I said to my daughters, we could live easily for a week on $500. Um, but they won't play. They like having a house and, and a bathroom and a kitchen and all those fancy things like uh, turning on light switches whenever they want to. It, it's amazing, isn't it, that 
when you do cut all ties and you do get out there, it, it can be done very, very easily. Um, we're talking about YouTube. We're talking about streams of income. What have you got planned for the future? I think we're moving a lot more to the um, book side. Um, you know, it's been interesting. I Being this that uh, Take Risks was the first book I've ever published, um, I had no idea what to expect. And watching the sales for the first couple months, I've really been impressed with the direction it's going. And it's the first book in a series. So I'm currently working on book two, um, also working on the audio book. My wife is going to be working on a cookbook because a lot of people who watch our shows love the things that she's cooking and want to know more about them. So she's working on putting that together. And we have a few other books and ideas in the works that if things pan out well, we should be able to rely a lot less on things like YouTube and more on our own writing careers. Yeah. Now, everybody, this grows as as you grow. Um, I'm, I'm just imagining a, a online course or an online course, how to pack up and hit the road because online courses are so, so popular nowadays. You could almost make a course out of it, couldn't you? Oh, absolutely. And there are some people in RVers out there that do just that, and that's how they make their living. Um, I don't know if that would be for Kate and myself, but certainly something to consider. All right. Now, we're going to wind it up shortly, but I just want to ask you two more things. Uh, tech side. Now, we talk about videoing and we talk about making cookbooks and we talk about audio production. You must have some good equipment with you. Um, actually, I don't. So... I, one thing I always tell people when they're looking to get into YouTube is start with the most basic thing you have, which is we all have a smartphone that has a camera on it and it can take video. Uh, there are still a few people out there with flip phones and other things, but for the majority of us, we have this camera sitting in our pockets at all times with us. Um, you know, there are people that want to go out, they want to spend thousands of dollars on drones and cameras and audio equipment and all of this editing software and everything else. And we, we fell into that trap. We went out, we bought new cameras, we bought all this equipment. But the thing we use now, we have 50,000 subscribers. Almost all of what we shoot is on an iPhone because that's what's in my pocket and that's the quickest thing for me to pull out and start shooting with. Um, you know, the only thing I bought and used for my writing career is Scrivener. Uh, I found it extremely helpful, um, but I have that on my Mac. I have Scrivener and I haven't purchased anything else. Um, you know, everything else I did with the book, I did myself. And, you know, I, I think it's living this lifestyle has really taught us stay as simple as possible. And if you're considering a, you know, a bigger, badder camera, ask yourself, is that, are you, do you want to get the camera because you think you need it? Or do you want to get the camera because you realize it's really going to elevate what you're doing and it's going to bring you in more revenue and more people who want to watch it. So, you know, that's that's really the question we always ask, ask ourselves before we buy a new piece of equipment. And it the answer is usually no. no and, and you're absolutely right. I've noticed uh, when I'm out on the road, People are very forgiving when you're traveling. You still get really good quality. I've got an iPhone. I've got an iPad Pro. And I can do 99% of my business now without having to go near a laptop. When you use Scrivener to format and format your books, Joe, some of us use Vellum. I know Joanna Penn is a, uh, loves Vellum to actually format and upload the books. Are you doing the whole process through Scrivener? 
Um, I go back and forth. So I use Scrivener. Um, then I export and I might try to clean it up in, um, uh, I use pages because it's a free application with your Mac. Um, so I use pages. I kind of clean it up. I export it out and then I use draft to digitals free service to do the, um, the conversion to the different formats. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, they're very, very good, aren't they? Draft Digital could do everything for us now. So we'll give them another wrap because Kevin's always around in the background there haunting my life. And he's a, <laughs> he's a great bloke, comes on and gives me lots of tips all the time. I love it. And my listeners. And and we're all moving forward. Now, everybody, this uh, podcast certainly took a different track than I expected. Um, Joe, congratulations. You've taken the romance totally out of travel and made it a really practical, doable thing. Great. Well, I hope you're. I hope the only thing holding you back from leaving after this is trying to find your keys. <laughs> Gosh, everybody, I've I've been on the road forever, Joe. I do not need any encouragement. You're actually a bad influence. Now there is still romance out there, everybody. It's five o'clock somewhere, wherever you are. Uh, Joe's got a chapter in his book about uh, living on the beach, and is it five o'clock yet? Can we can we have a cocktail? Uh, but one thing that I will put out, and Joe has covered it very very well for us. It's easy. You don't need fancy equipment. It's very, very affordable. And take the risk and just do it. Is that a fair summation? Uh, that's absolutely fair. The only thing I would add to it is if you are going to take a risk to really change your life, make sure that before you jump off the cliff, you have some sort of parachute in your life. Um, that if it all goes south, you can figure out a way to get back on your feet. Yeah, and that's look, there are jobs out there, everybody. Uh, wherever you're passing through, someone will employ you and someone will get you to do something, uh, especially if you've got the skills where you can write your books, you can upload your books, if you can run a camera. Uh, apparently now work for Amazon. I quite like the idea of um, being a seasonal worker for Amazon. That one sort of tickles me a little bit. Joe, I'd love you to come back when you write your next book and tell us all about it. I love the idea of recipes. When I lived on the yacht, I actually wrote a book called Other Women's Fridges. I never published it, but it, I always thought it had lots of potential because I was always curious about what people had in their fridges. Nice. That sounds interesting. You should just hit the publish button on it. Take a risk. <laughs> this guy's a doer, isn't he, everyone? Look, I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, so it's thank you from – oh, one thing I wanted to say, everybody, when you're looking for Joe, when I was looking for the YouTube channel and the website, I was putting in We Are The Russos, but it's not. It's W-E-R-E -E without the apostrophe, and the English teacher in me never even, never even occurred to me to look for that. So it's W-E-R-E, -E, The Russos. Uh, so it's We're The Russos without the apostrophe. Uh, is that correct? Anywhere else we can find you? Yes, everything is We're the Russos. And it, just to, to take one more minute out of your show, um, we picked that name because of the movie We're the Millers. And that's what we watched the morning that my wife came up with the idea to do this. So that's where we got the name. I, like, I love the spontaneity of it. I love this. Kate, there, is she going to say a quick hello to us? Uh, she is. She's actually working on a video with her headphones on. Oh, okay. So, so we'll just wave at her. Hi, Kate. Uh, happy working. Now, are you going to do something when you finish here? Are you going to go and swim swim in the ocean or something romantic like that? Um, that'd be nice, except we're in the middle of Arizona, so there is not an ocean for a 1,000 miles or so. Uh, uh, yeah. But 
Yeah, I think we might go hike some of the, those red rock formations everyone sees on the postcards. I think I'm geologically or ge- geographically challenged. I wouldn't have a clue. I'm going to go and get a map, everybody, and see where Arizona is. All right, so this um, podcast will be called Free to Write and Whatever Else You Want to Do. It's not only possible, but you can get out there and do it, and Joe and Kate are clever examples. Thank you, Joe, for giving us a little marketing and um, business uh what do you call it, uh, round up there because it's not where I would have taken us at all because I'm really, really bad at that stuff. I'm actually going to go and sit down now and make a business plan and see how I can escape and run away too. Okay, so it's bye for now, bye from Rudder on the Road.